scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency, the Pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, but everybody else in between throwing it down as the Los Angeles Dodgers throw it down in a big way. They drop an 11 spot in the first inning. The top of the first inning, they were up 11 nothing. Then uh, they were up 12 nothing, <laughs> And then they put another three spot uh, up when it was all said and done. They settled on a number 15, 15-3 final score. The Los Angeles Dodgers victorious. And now they send Clayton Kershaw to the hill as the Dodgers are laying minus 220 as the Atlanta Braves are countering with a pitcher who started two games at the major league level and has 15 and two-thirds innings of baseball experience. It's Kershaw versus Wilson. Dodgers minus 220 overnight number uh, right now. We'll track it. It actually opened at 225, and it's come down five cents. We'll see which way it goes uh, from here. The Houston Astros, uh, they live to play another day, a 4-2 win in this uh, baseball game over the Tampa Bay Rays. And, of course, Zach Greinke was questioned by Dusty Baker. Was he questioned by Baker? Was he injured? Uh, Either way, Zach Greinke saves the day. Greinke was rock solid, and uh, Glasnow was good, uh, but Greinke was better, and then Houston Astros win 4-2. Coastal Carolina get a 30-27 uh, victory. You're saying Coastal what? Coastal who? Coastal what? Against uh, Lafayette, the Rage and Cajuns? That's right, the Rage and Cajuns, one of the coolest names in all of college football. Although it wasn't so cool if you laid the 9.5 points with them tonight because they lost outright 30-27, but you better get uh, used uh, to these football teams because that's what we have this year, the 2020 uh, pandemic um, Sunbelt uh, takes center stage. And I'll tell you what, anything can happen as far as the rankings are concerned uh, this year as well. I, uh, a Sunbelt team's not going to be playing for the national championship, but all you need to know right now that the North Carolina Tar Heels are a top-five ranked team, all right? like the Not basketball, football. North Carolina are a top-five ranked team. The Cincinnati Bearcats are ranked eighth right now. Like This thing's wide open this year. Uh, due to COVID. Who knows how many games teams are going to play, man? The SEC right now, the SEC's dancing with the devil, all right? Uh, they're skating on thin ice. They're, they're they're getting by right now, but, you know, this isn't baseball. It's hard to make up uh, games. Going to break it down with Ian Cameron, level two. Sports race late night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Sports Rage Late Night continues. As does the American League Championship Series. Uh, we were wrong. I thought the Rays were going to win uh, tonight. They did not. Um, funny tweet I see here from uh, Greg uh, Beecham covers uh, covers the SoCal sports scene for the Associated Press. 
Says there's a guy outside Petco Park uh, with a megaphone calmly heckling the Astros. <laughs> Carlos Correa, you're a cheater. Shame on you. Josh Reddick, you're a cheater. Shame on you. Uh, even though there's no fans, he's standing outside with a megaphone screaming. Um, God bless America. Uh, all right, let's bring in uh, Ian Cameron right now. Betting with Babano. Where's, what's the best place to find you, uh, Babano, on Twitter and uh, and YouTube? Betting with Babano? Yeah, on Pub Sports Radio's YouTube channel. That's Pub Sports Radio. I'm doing uh, the Ian Cameron Sports Report. It's a daily, like, 15-minute video. Uh, just breaking down a couple games from a betting perspective across all sports. And then every Thursday in the afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern, on that same Pub Sports Radio channel, I do the Ian Cameron Football Frenzy, which is football That's only, right. NFL and college football. So uh, it's, it's a great channel. It's a great group of guys that gave me the opportunity. And uh, I always have fun doing shows, doing segments with you, Gabe, Wednesday nights. Anytime I get to talk sports and with anybody, I enjoy it. So check that out. All right, uh, there's uh, Ian Cameron uh, with us, the football frenzy. So, uh, yeah, so Georgia and Alabama, these guys have had a great history uh, in past years. They played some great games, some close games. And, you know, I, I think I think the number will start to move. I think people will believe, like, how much of an impact Nick Saban will, will, will not being there will have. But honestly... There's two ways of looking at it. Listen, Nick Saban, for all of his greatness, he's done some weird things in games, okay? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these college coaches, he's one of the best. He's a great coach, you know, probably the best ever at college. But I'm just stating, he does some weird things in the game, and Alabama's program is strong enough to absorb him not being there on the sideline, I think. I really do. And I also think it's somewhat of, it's almost just like, um, it's a shot in the arm for them almost. Like, it's almost that, the motivation. He's not dying, but that win one for the Gipper thing, right? Let's get it done for Coach. Let's not let this fall apart because he's not here. Uh, Sarkeesian's more than capable. The only thing is, if things start to go bad, <laughs> like in the game, if they're down and, like, you know, is the play calling, what, what happens then? You know, they're just sort of going to be that, you know, that, all right, they're going to look to Sarkeesian for, for guidance here. But I think he can provide it. Like I said, he's been around. He's been around this program. He's, you know, he's been around big games for forever. So I'm not, I'm not really concerned with it. And I, you know, quite frankly, I'm just not sold. And maybe I'm underselling Georgia, Babano. I was wrong. I was wrong with him in the Auburn game. I covered with Arkansas. Um, and I was wrong with Tennessee. So, you know, maybe you know I'm one and two betting against Georgia. And I'm picking on Georgia a lot, it seems. But... I don't buy into their offense fully here, and I don't know if they can trade points. This is a classic offense versus defense because normally you wouldn't say that about Bama, Babano, but Bama's offense is explosive, and it has been for years now. They don't play like they're, they're a different style of team now. They play track meets, these guys, and Georgia doesn't and doesn't want to, but Georgia still is going to score on Bama. This game's going over the number, buddy. This game's going to go over the number. Uh, but it's it's kind of offense versus defense, right? Alabama's offense versus Georgia's defense. Yeah, and the way you look at it, too, is that I, I always like taking points with the better defense. It's not a strong opinion of mine. It's it, it's, it's going to be a small play of anything for me on Georgia. It's not going to be a best bet or anything, but I, I, I like Georgia a little bit. But here's the thing with this game. Alabama's offense with Mac Jones, it really, really does look good so far. There's no question. Georgia's defense this season, it really, really looks good. 
to this point. But we've got question marks about which unit is superior. Alabama's offense has played Ole Miss, Missouri, A&M. Those are three really bad SEC defenses that Alabama's faced. Georgia's defenses look good, but you look at the offenses they've played. Arkansas with Felipe Franks and a new coordinator, new system, new program. Auburn offense that hasn't looked good. Tennessee's offense, the best one that Georgia's faced. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They're decent, but they're not Alabama good. So Georgia's defense is going to get tested here quite a bit. I'll tell you right now about SEC games, 6-1 and one to the over last week with games in the SEC. This is not your old school 20-17, 21-17 SEC anymore. These are programs that are playing with tempo. You look at Leach and Kiffin coming into this conference, bringing creative, unique offenses that play fast, the likes of which, you know, SEC teams don't usually Leech see. Leach has actually season. gone under. Leach was the under. <laughs> Leach, yeah, Leach Leach Leach, under last yeah, because KJ yeah, Costello SEC. keeps throwing at the other team the last couple the weeks. But the point is, the SEC games know, have been definitely over-trending, yep. I know. I said that a couple of minutes ago. That I'm aware. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, do you have anything else, Papano? I just don't want to spend. You're going in a couple of minutes, so I don't want to spend like time with with the history of the SEC here. We got two minutes left. Any other? Uh, what are you looking at this week in college football? Yeah, I, I threw that out because I'm backing you up on the over. I, I would want an under in that Georgia. Uh, Alabama game. As far as college, I'm looking at a couple things. I'm looking at Duke at uh, plus points against NC State. I'm always interested in Duke and David Cutcliffe in the underdog role. They've been great in that role. They beat up on Syracuse and they tripled them in yardage last week. They, they, They tweaked their offense. They played at a faster pace. That game went over the total as well. I like Duke and the over in that game against NC State. NC State's a little overvalued now. They did beat Virginia last week, but a lot of turnovers led to that. I think Duke is probably live in that game. Uh, another couple college games I'm interested in uh, over the weekend. Um, kind of interested here in um, look uh, Mississippi State, as ugly as it is, against Texas A&M, because I've seen this before with the Aggies, especially under Jimbo. You get a big win, you go on the road, and you lay an egg the next week. It was a great win against Florida, but Leach is really ripping, you know, getting on the players, saying we're going to find out who really wants to be at Mississippi State. It's just one of those spots, Gabe, where I know it's been ugly for Mississippi State two weeks in a row, but I don't trust A&M as road chalk off that kind of win against Florida last week. Mike Leach. Mike Leach says we're going to find out who wants to be there. They were already there, fat ass. <laughs> like, like, they were already there. Like, they didn't want you there. Like, they were already there. Like, maybe they just don't like you. It's not about, like, like it's the whole thing. Like, I knew it was going to be a train wreck there. Listen, he won the first game. I was on the points, but going to fall apart fast. He did the same thing at Washington State. Yeah, those were Joe Moorhead's recruits. You're right. Yep. Last year, he did the same crap for the last couple of years at Washington State, but he crossed the line, and when we were at Washington State, he called them soft. You know, he said they were gutless, and they're all soft and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like, he basically, he had to go. Like, it was basically the kids wanted to punch him in the face. And the thing with Mike Leach is he's not in the best of shape, number one, himself, right? Number two, Mike Leach, like, as of last year, Mike Leach was, like, there was only, like, five college football coaches that didn't play the game. All right. Didn't matter. Like, you know, not all of them played like at major schools and stuff like that. But every single one of them played football at some level. Mike Leach has never played football before. He's never played football before. 
So when Mike Leach starts calling players soft and this and that, they look at this guy and they're like, they're like, dude, like, what have you ever done? And also, like, if you look at Mike Leach's track record, what's he ever won anywhere? Like, whatever, man. The media like him because he's quirky and he says that he's got a couple of good one-liners in every interview. But it's going to be a train wreck at Mississippi State. I, I guarantee it. Um, but yeah, tricky game, six and a half. You're right. They could bounce back. The, you know, the, it's been a crazy, uh, it's a crazy conference. The underdogs have been cashing a lot here. All right, we got 30 seconds, uh, Babano. So one NFL pick, 30 seconds. Well, 20 seconds now. Houston plus the points. I'm going to try to ride the wave with Romeo Cornell. Short week for Tennessee, and I like the over with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense is going to get tested, I think. Ian Cameron, the football frenzy. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Babano. Thank you very much, uh, Babano. May the winners be yours. You too, Gabe. Have a good one. Four Trace Late Night continues. Break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Morenci. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Portrait Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Shout out to our main man, Yang, Master Control, Midtown Manhattan, the pit of misery, getting it done. Uh, this evening on this Wicked Wednesday, thanks to Ian Cameron for joining us, as well as the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. We were talking college uh, football, Alabama and Georgia, always a massive uh, football game. Uh, they've had quite the history over the years, of course. Played for championships, SEC uh, championships, uh, big-time games. Georgia have had them on the ropes and uh, were unable to uh, to finish them off. The uh, Kirby Smart and uh, Nick Saban rivalry, though, will have to wait. Steve Sarkeesian uh, will be the head coach. Uh, will be manning the sidelines uh, for Alabama as Nick Saban tests positive. Al- Nick Saban and the Alabama athletic director uh, as well. So last year they played, Alabama beat them 35 to 28. 35 to 28. Uh, the, the total in that football game was 63 last year. Um, of course, they played... Uh, I should say two years ago and um, 26, I get confused with the uh, 19s, 18s and what it was January, what season it was. <laughs> so two seasons ago uh, when they played twice, 26, 23 and then uh, 35, 28. So they played very close football games. There is a history of closeness here. Now we were wondering about Nick Saban's situation and the communication and how much communication he can have. He cannot have any communication. So uh, Nick Saban, he can he can participate in practice, but obviously, obviously not, um, obviously not with the team. So you know, like today they practice, and what they did is pretty hardcore. Eh, twenty twenty, the you know, the world that we live in right now. Um, they actually set up a video feed 
in which uh, Saban was able to watch from home. <laughs> Saban was was like watching the practice on a video feed, and Saban was communicating with the team. Saban uh, remotely participated in Alabama's practice uh, from his Tuscaloosa home. The coach was able to provide instruction over the phone, and he had access to a video feed that allowed him to observe uh, the practice. So it turns out the NCAA rules uh, will prevent Nick Saban from having any contact with the coaching staff during the game if the coach is uh, to remain in quarantine. Uh, Saban would be prohibited from communicating with the team or coaches beginning 90 minutes before kickoff until the end of the game. No halftime um, conversations, no halftime communications. You know, I guess there's a lot of reasons why they have this rule in place, but like what it would, you know, is it, if you're Nick Saban and you're, let's say you're Steve Sarkeesian, you're the head coach of Alabama, you're Steve Sarkeesian. Is it really the NCAA's business who you speak to at halftime on the phone or on a video conference on a Zoom or a Skype? You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you're not cheating. Like, there's no rules. You're not cheating. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Sarkeesian wanted to say, listen, you know, I got to call someone and get advice about this. Like, like I, I don't really understand, like, um, I like to know, like, what's what's the real reason for this as far as the communication? I guess, you know, I understand if the coach is suspended. You know what I mean? There's a difference, though. Like, if a coach is suspended, then they shouldn't be able to communicate with the team. But if the coach is sick, like, then why shouldn't he be able to video conference the team at the half? Like, I, I don't understand, like, what, what, like, it's just another stupid NCAA rule. Like, what? how does it affect the integrity? Like, what business is it of anyone if Alabama at halftime want to put in their in their locker room on the big screen, Coach Saban talking to them? All right, guys, listen, this is what I saw in the first half. And, uh, you know, and, you know, he individually says to players, listen, you got to do this more. You got to stop doing that. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. As I stated, I totally get it if a coach is suspended. If a coach is suspended, then he shouldn't be allowed to communicate with the team. Yeah, Nick Saban's not suspended. He's sick. Like, why is he being penalized for being sick? Like, he's not coaching. He's not there. It's not putting anyone at risk. It, you know, it's not like, you know, he's not cheating on a game show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's his football team. So it, it's not like Sarkeesian is calling, like, uh, Bill Belichick. Hey, Bill, can you help me out here at the half with some adjustments? And even if he did, so what? Like, I don't, I don't understand, like I said, like, I totally get it if a coach is suspended. If a coach is suspended and did something in violation, and they're like, you can't coach, you know, for, for this amount of time, then I totally get it. You can't communicate with the team. But I don't, like, I don't understand, like, why Nick Saban wouldn't be able to communicate with the team. Like, what, like... It's his team. It's like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're cheating. Like, you know what I mean? On an exam, like you're calling someone. Yeah, listen, man, I need a lot of help on this. You know, can you help? What's the answer to this question? It's not no one's business. Like, if, if let's say you're a dumbass head coach, okay? 
And let me let me let me tell let me ask you guys something right now. You're telling me, you're telling me that in the history of college football before, all right? We've been playing college football for like 150 years, man. You know, close to 150 years, whatever, 130 years, whatever it's been. You're telling me that never once a coach has called somebody at halftime? Never once a coach called someone and said, man, you know, hey, yo, listen. Yeah, listen, um, I know you're an expert like a buddy. You're telling me the Harbaugh's have never called each other before. Never once at the half going, man, like, you know what I mean? You, you know, like no one's ever called a coach at the half before. What? So I didn't, I didn't know there's a rule. What? So the coach isn't allowed to talk to anyone at the half. Like it's none of your business who he talks to. He can talk to God. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Hey God, can you help me out? Like, so I, I didn't like, I don't understand this. If you're suspended, fine. I totally get it. You're suspended. You can't communicate. If you're sick, why would they not be allowed to put up Nick Saban before the game in the room on the screen? Set up like some TVs and have Saban in the room, giving them the normal speech before the game. Why couldn't they do that? Like what business of Georgia is that? Nick Saban is the coach. It's not like you're bringing in a ringer. It's not like you've got a stripper in the room, like giving a pregame speech. Like I, I don't like I don't understand like the, the, you know, all your rules or NCAA rules. Speaking of NCAA rules, don't stop you guys from doing hookers, though, right? Um, so, like, you know, NCAA, I don't understand. Like, what is it? Is it illegal? What? What? I don't understand how you enforce it either. Like, I would come up like it's a stupid rule. It's a stupid rule, and I don't know. Does anyone really believe that they're not going to be communicate during a game? I don't. And I don't, you know, we called out the Titans for cheating and stuff. I'll ask you guys right now. Do you think it would be cheating if Nick Saban, like, they had a code? Like, basically, Nick Saban texts somebody who texts somebody who texts somebody who texts somebody. And Saban's like, I didn't communicate with them. And that's another thing, too. How, like, by the law is this? It's like, all right, you can't communicate with anyone in the room. All right, I didn't. I communicated with the ball boy who then communicated with them. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, if I'm Nick Saban, I would just send a text to one of the employees there and say, listen, we're going to send you a text at halftime. You take this text, you bring this to Sarkeesian. And, like, you even triple and you quadruple it, sort of like the mob. You know what I'm saying? He, Saban sends it to someone trustworthy who sends it to someone else, who sends it to someone else, who gives it to Sarkeesian. Like, how the hell? Like, what, you going to shut Alabama down? For what community? This is so stupid. It's like O.J. Simpson getting arrested for taking his own stuff. Well, well, O.J. shouldn't have held them hostage with a gun. <laughs> but I don't like honestly. I don't understand this. Like, uh, like uh, it's just he's not suspended. He didn't do anything wrong. What is this? Like COVID guidelines? No, no, sorry, you're not allowed to speak to the kids. Like, you're telling me that they can't come up with a way as well? There's got to be a way. <laughs> like, like I said, all right, you can't communicate with the team. I didn't communicate with the team. I sent it to the popcorn vendor who happened to drop his phone in front of the clubhouse, and it happened to get recovered by our special teams coach. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like I, I have no problem. Whatever you're up to, Saban, I got no beef with it, buddy. I really don't. Screw the NCAA. It's a stupid rule. Like I, you know, I honestly, like I'm, I'm. Uh, it's just another dumb, dumb thing by the NCAA that makes no sense. That doesn't help anybody. It's Nick Saban's team. If they wanted to put Nick Saban on a damn speakerphone on the sideline, they should be allowed to. He's the coach. It's not a ringer. He's the coach. So what happens? What happens if like you're a coach and you get a call? Hey, listen, coach, uh, you know, your wife just had a car accident. Hey, don't talk to me. It's against NCAA violation. I can't talk to anyone at the half. Sorry. I don't, I don't like, what do you mean coaches can't talk to people? Steve Sarkeesian could call like a, a, Steve Sarkeesian could like log on to like Chatterbait at the half if he wants to. Steve Sarkeesian could call like uh, the racetrack, a hooker, and a phone sex line. And it's none of the NCAA's business. More choice night night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without Rage Hall. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Gerald Martinez uh, tuning in uh, right now, and he raises a very good point. And I was thinking about it, uh, but thank you uh, for uh, for Gerald for uh, for bringing it up. I was going to move on from this Nick Saban rant, but uh, we're we're sticking to it. <laughs> we're sticking to it. Um, yeah, Hugh Freeze. You remember with Liberty, Hugh Freeze. A guy coached from uh, the press box in a hospital bed. They set up a hospital bed, and he he coached the game. Or did they say he just watched the game? Because I don't know. That's what they like to do in Liberty. They like to uh, lie in bed and watch things, if you know what I mean. You got to love the irony of that. <laughs> Hugh Freeze. Listen, Hugh Freeze is one of those coaches, too. Like, when you know, you talk about... I don't want to say anything libelous here. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I've been around long enough like to say, like, I don't want to call him a sleazeball or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But like, like Hugh Freeze, just, you know, it's, you know, you know that you've got issues when the University of Mississippi thinks you're unethical. <laughs> like when a uni- when when Old Miss thinks you're unethical, like, yeah, you probably are, you know, you've got issues. Like, has Hugh Freeze, like, gone anywhere where there hasn't just been, like, issues, like, after? Like, is it, is there anywhere? But if you remember, so, yeah, Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze, like, was in, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. He was in a press box, and they set up a hospital bed and stuff. He was all, like, you know, he was all laid back. <laughs> he's watching, he's in the hospital, he's got the headset and stuff. 
Like, I, I don't understand. So why was he able to do it? Is it a COVID thing? Nick Saban can't give anybody COVID. But then I just love the irony of that. I saw the best tweet ever. I didn't come up with it. But if you, I don't know if you guys know, you know, know this, but, or if you recall, but it was about a month ago or whatever. Like, you know, it's hard to keep up with the news nowadays. But it was about a month ago or so that, that Jerry Falwell Jr., Jerry Falwell Sr., of course, founded Liberty University. And it started out with, like, you know, a, a real Christian university with ideals and stuff like that. But then Jerry Falwell Jr. took over and turned it into a business. And I, you know, it accumulated a lot. Like, I think they have, like, hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate and all kinds of weird stuff. But he acted erratically often, right? He acted erratically. He was a big Trump supporter, so he was on TV all the time. And he'd say a lot of crazy things that were kind of unchristian-like. But he posted a picture of himself with his pants open with a woman that wasn't his wife dressed up as the trailer park boys. And he looked drunk. And, um, you know, that was sort of the you know, one of the nails in the coffin. But they started to, like, dig down deep and do investigations into him and stuff. Like, the board of directors of the university, like, kicked him out, even though it's like his father founded the school because, you know, they're real Christians and they were embarrassed and stuff. And um, so it turned out that his wife allegedly um, that, you know, he liked to watch, so to speak. (laughs) He liked to watch, if you know what I mean. So, um, which is very also very unlike the head of Liberty University. So the best tweet ever was, well, I guess Hugh Freeze isn't the only one that likes to watch uh, from bed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wish I would have come up with it, but well, he didn't make any money from it because I don't, you know, no, I don't even remember his name who came up with that on Twitter, but it was a great one. <laughs> Hugh Freeze isn't the only one at Liberty that likes to watch games from bed. Great, great tweet. Uh, great tweet. <laughs> sort of like the Mike Pence tweet last week. Somebody tweeted, they said, uh, that fly on Mike Pence's head is Mike Pence's only black friend. <laughs> that, that was strong, str- str- strong as well. Yeah, strong as well. But the thing with Liberty University is they built up quite the um, the sports programs. You give them credit. I'll give Falwell credit for that. Like they fall, the, the, the criticism of Falwell is that He's not really into the religion. He's more into the money and the business side of the school, and they were raking it in this school. And they, you know, we know they're raking it in because they spent a hell of a lot of money on their sports programs. And they built, look, Liberty, they really built it from scratch, the sports, into something. And uh, I give him credit for that. But Hugh Freeze was there, and I don't know what his scandal was. Like, it's hard to keep up with him, you know. Greg Marshall, Wichita State. You know, we're going to get Pete Annapolis on tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, Greg Marshall, Wichita State, great college basketball coach. Um, if you guys aren't following us right now, he's under the gun right now, too. He's under the gun. They did a um, they did an investigation into him, and it's it's not good. <laughs> like, uh, it's, 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 not, it's not good. It's not good. I'd be surprised. I think the problem is he's such a damn good coach that Wichita State doesn't want to let him go. You know what I mean? Like, he is a really good coach. But I didn't realize this, and just for the record, we'll get to it, but just for the record, 
the allegations, it's nothing Sandusky-like or anything like that. Just, and there's nothing sexual, you know what I mean? It's basically for being a jerk coach. Sort of like think Bobby Knight. Think Bobby Knight. Greg Marshall under investigation for allegedly abusing players. Among the allegations in the report, including that he shoved a former player in the back, he punched a player in the back of the head, he sucker punched a player in the back of the head uh, during a practice, he attempted to punch a student on campus through the driver's window after the student parked in his parking spot. Hey, I'm on coach's side here. I don't know about you guys. I'm on coach's side. What are you doing, you stupid punk? Can't you tell that? Hey, I'm sure the kid knew. He's just being a jackass. I'm going to park in coach's spot. The only reason anyone's ever heard of Wichita State is because of their basketball program, all right? I'm not one of these guys that sweeps everything under the carpet in colleges when it comes to, like, um, you know, like Baylor rapes or, like, you know, abuses. But... You know, I don't have a problem with the coach wanting to punch a kid for parking in his spot. I don't. I would want to punch the kid, too. I wanted to punch a kid last night in 7-Eleven. You know, I'm in 7-Eleven. They have, like, these six-feet guidelines. You know, it basically, so it's like six feet. So they basically have these stickers. It's very simple. Stand where the sticker is. Some dumbass kid, like, keeps creep, creeping up closer to me. He's on his phone talking to his girlfriend or something. Next thing I know, he's, like, right behind me. I literally wanted to punch him. <laughs> like, I was going to turn around and just, I, I wasn't going to say that. I just wanted to turn around and punch him. Say, oh, what, what part of me? I didn't see you there. So, you know what? I'm on coach's side here. The kid deserved to get punched. And as far as your grandmother, well, she shouldn't have mouthed off. <laughs> what, else, what else did he do? Boo-hoo. So, he, he's tried to punch a kid on the campus. All right. Uh, I guess he punched another kid. It's not too good. He's also accused of choking an assistant coach in a rage. Uh, He allegedly used native, um, bad native things about telling some kid he's going to send him back to the reservation. Um, Players that were hurt, he abused and called them names. Even though they had severe injuries, he would call them soft and other, like, politically incorrect names. They allege he routinely and physically and verbally abused members of the program and demeaned his players with ethnic and racial stereotype and slurs. I don't, like I said, like, I think Wichita State want to hang on to him. I think I think they're I think they're gonna try to uh, I think they're gonna try to uh, I think they're gonna try to uh, to get through this. I didn't realize this last year. I didn't realize that eight kids transferred. I gotta tell you, man. When when eight kids transfer, there's something to it. <laughs> Let's just be real. Like when. When basically, like, everyone leaves, yeah, there's, he still went, like, 27 and 8 or something like that, too. 
now, now, now other people are coming out. I've never seen him do anything before. Multiple Wichita State players have defended Greg Marshall. None of those public supporters were with the team during the 2015 and 16 and 17 seasons in which he allegedly lost his mind. Wichita State has hired a St. Louis-based law firm to investigate the allegations. Marshall is fully cooperating. Wow. You know what? Pretty telling. I was wondering about this as well. Some players have come out. Fred Van Fleet has not. Fred Van Fleet has not defended his coach. Fred Van Fleet played, took him to the Final Four. Ron Baker, of course. Ron Baker, uh, also in the NBA. He's a bench guy in the NBA. He's like the white guy, the 15th white guy at the end of the bench. He gets, he got some playing time with the Knicks because they're the Knicks, but I want to get to the Knicks too, speaking of which. The Knicks uh, supposedly want to bring in Russell Westbrook. Um, Fred Van Fleet, Ron Baker, and Landry Shamit, three of Marshall's most famous uh, alums who have all have reached the NBA, have not, have not defended Marshall, which that's not good. That's not good. Like, I was sort of waiting for that. Like, I wanted to see, like, right now, Ashley, all right, do we have a, do we have any statements from Van Fleet? Van, look, Van Fleet's an NBA champion. Van Fleet's a known guy now. Van Fleet was there at that time. No comment. Ron Baker, no comment. Landry Shamit, no comment. Five players. Five players who played in between 2015 and 2016-17. So the, the, the four seasons, 15-16, 16-17, three seasons, excuse me. Five players confirm to the media, to, uh, to the local media, and to investigators that they saw Greg Marshall punch a player on the team twice. Five players also testify, not in court, but in the report, that they also saw Greg Marshall put his hands around the throat and choke assistant coach Kyle Lindstedt during a practice in 2017. <laughs> the second alleged incident occurred during a practice when Marshall was allegedly frustrated by how his assistance was running a drill. According to five players who say they witnessed the incident, Marshall put his hand around uh, his assistant's throat in anger and started choking him. I looked over and Coach Marshall was choking him. Then people started de-escalating the situation, trying to calm him down. I'm going to tell you what, too, guys. It's coming back to me right now. If you guys remember, Wichita State played at Montreal a couple of years ago against McGill University. And remember, like, didn't the cops have to, like, take him out of the arena or something? Like, he absolutely lost it. And I remember bringing this up with Pete Annapolis, who sort of chuckled and said, yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Sports Rights Night Night. Sports 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. All right, quick is 120 minutes in sport. Winding down to three-minute warning. I think the Dodgers get it done uh, tomorrow. Got to lay the price. He can lay the run and a half. I think the Dodgers offense rolls once again. Kershaw's going to get it done. I think the rookie pitcher will struggle. So we're just talking about uh, Greg Marshall being under investigation, Wichita State uh, head coach. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know all these stories are true. And alleged, you know, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, et cetera. And he's not, a, he's not under criminal investigation here. But I'm just stating, I believe all of these stories. I believe that he did choke the assistant coach. I believe that he has punched players. I do believe that he has used insensitive language. I don't have a problem with the insensitive language. And I, don't, I do believe that he tried to punch a student. Um... I don't have a problem with him punching a student, but I understand why the school does. The basketball coach can't be assaulting kids. Even though I approve of it, <laughs> like the kid parked in his parking spot. Don't tell me the kid didn't know. I bet you it was him and his frat house buddies who thought it was funny. Oh, go see what happens. You park in Coach Marshall's spot. You deserved a punch in the face, kid. But you know why I know all this is true? As I told you, this is why it's good to know everything. And, of course, yeah, I know about McGill University in Montreal, Inside Out. And I remember this. This is from 2016. <laughs> An exhibition game between Wichita State and McGill University in Montreal took a turn, an unexpected turn, when the Shockers men basketball coach Greg Marshall began shouting and then physically charged towards two referees. According to the Wichita Eagle, the confrontation began after Marshall earned a second tactical and was ejected in the Shockers' 77-71 win over McGill University. The cell phone video showed Marshall being restrained by Wichita State players and coaching staff as he repeatedly tried to get at the referees. Dude, when you're snapping in an exhibition game against a, a university in Canada in a preseason exhibition game and you're trying to attack the referees... It's kind of hard to say I would never do anything like these accusations. I mean, I would never do anything like this. Like, Coach, you tried to punch a referee in Canada two years ago. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. 